0: Welcome to the North Street Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. This podcast is an attempt to connect the people of North Street Community Church in Canton, Pennsylvania with each other and beyond as we interview people and talk about various subjects. I hope this can be a time of encouragement and discipleship as you listen. Enjoy. All right, welcome to North Street Podcast, uh, where we are here uh, interviewing Somebody this time. This is nice. Yeah. Uh, so I'm Ben Hess. I'm Keegan Wright. And we're here with Mackie Gleckner, yeah. the Mac Man. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, Mac Squatch. <laughs> Mac Squatch. Is that what they call you? Mac, Mac Attack. Mac Attack. Okay, <laughs> great. So um, one of the things I wanted to actually, this just happened yesterday, so it's yeah. kind of funny. Uh, and this usually involves my children, these mm-hmm. stories. And this involves my children again. Yeah. So uh, Simon, my third born, he uh, was out and he brought in a couple of violets. Um, you know those wild violets. Yeah. We have them everywhere in our yard. Cool. And uh, so he brings them in to show Clarissa. Yeah. And oh. he's all like standing there like <laughs> look, and she's and Clarissa's <laughs> like oh, did you pick some flowers for me? And he's like, no. And he shoves them in his mouth, and he eats them, stem and all. (laughs) And for those who don't know, you can actually eat wild violets. Uh, They're an edible flower, and I taught my children that. So I'm pretty proud of him. Uh, Although it would have been nice if he would have given her those flowers, flowers so yeah. it was just really comical because he's standing there and she's like oh, are those for me and he's like he just shoves them in his mouth <laughs> and he eats them. <laughs> nope <laughs> and uh yeah. so we've been eating you know random plants in our yes. backyard like uh yeah. there's lots of different things um you can eat that yeah. i find and it's it's kind of fun That's to fun. teach your children yeah. which ones to eat which ones not to eat
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's probably better we've been trying to teach our kids not to eat worms and carpenter bees so yeah that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah i heard about the carpenter bee yes. i just
0: was saying yes. that earlier today um so okay so why am i bringing up you know about eating plants and bugs or whatever that keegan was talking about we're here with mackie gleckner and For those who don't know, Mackie is, he just likes the outdoors. And um, so uh, we have him here to talk about that a little bit and just talk about different adventures maybe you've had and different things like that, different instances. And so one, I guess one question I was curious about, because you've been on the podcast before, so we're not going to talk about everything. But one, one thing I wanted to ask was, as you were growing up, you know, you grew up, in Canton uh but what what is it like why were you drawn to the outdoors um I mean I always viewed you as somebody who was outside anyways as a kid even Uh, I don't know if that's true um (laughs) but like what is it what do you think it was that um kind of drew you to the outdoors originally
2: well I always thought it was a huge blessing for sure that I have a family that loves being outside as well right yeah. and so as i grew up we'd have frequent camping trips to uh, different state parks and i'd always be outside fishing and i don't know why me more than probably my brothers was attracted to fishing and hunting and just anything outside more they definitely like themselves too but for some reason i guess maybe it has something to do with my constant urge to be doing something yeah i found that is my favorite pastime which would probably because be because of the uh adhd i suffer from <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this so be so in some ways if if you
0: have adhd that was like an outlet for you maybe is that kind of the case or was it more like your parents were like just go outside <laughs> or both
2: or <laughs> i was never forced to go outside okay. i mean i would i just always wanted to yeah even living in town there's a creek out back and that's where i was all the time like yeah. i could have been inside uh doing whatever but uh i would have always liked to grow up in the country grow up out in the country but because i grew up in town i took advantage of the creek out back and yeah. uh the creek that runs through town and i was always out there trying to catch bugs and fishing and catching frogs and all so that. what are
0: some of your early memories from catching things like when did that start cuz i know like you were always known for like just catching animals and yeah. and you know later years i feel like mm-hmm. and but like when did that start was it just
2: the frogs or like yeah probably like- frogs i don't know fish and frogs i remember my first frog that i ever caught was we our family and another family were at this park, and I found this mud puddle out in the woods, and I saw a frog in there. So I ran back, and one of the other family that was there, their daughter had a butterfly net, mm-hmm. and I just grabbed that and ran over there and just saw it where it jumped in and scooped up the mud and ran back and dug through the mud and found the frog and got it. Uh-huh. And she wasn't very happy that I'd gotten her butterfly net <laughs> all dirty, but I can definitely remember that that was one of the happiest moments i would ever had to that point because I'd <laughs> caught my first frog yeah. and I was probably like you know four or five years old and nice. I mean I don't know how old I was exactly but that was a while ago Yeah. from there I just kind of upgraded from frogs to eventually just uh, you know bigger animals like <laughs> raccoons and <laughs> so
1: which one which one did you catch you and one of your brothers caught a goose or a turkey which one was it you caught
2: I've caught geese. Brooks has caught, Brooks caught a turkey and a goose. Uh, uh, tell me about the goose. Uh, the <laughs> goose, well, I've caught several baby geese, like okay. the younger ones. <laughs> um, the, the one I caught was almost an adult. It wasn't, like, quite an adult. It couldn't fly yet, but it could run about as fast as I could. Yeah. The only reason I caught it was when I was chasing it through the woods. It tripped over a log, and I just jumped <laughs> on it. But um, I had to basically get between it and the water so it couldn't run in the water, and then oh. it, it ran in the woods, and I ran after it. And, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> have, you ever,
0: have you ever gotten, like, uh, attacked by a goose?
2: You see, I don't understand where people get that fear from because, yeah, they can be aggressive, but if you're not showing fear, they're going to back down. Like, you can walk right up to their nest oh. and take their eggs if you wanted to, <laughs> as long as you're not, like, showing fear, I guess. Yeah, okay. But... So. So no, I've never been attacked. I guess. (laughs) So you never would show fear. Where were you ever afraid?
0: No, (laughs) not really. (laughs) So you were a fearless young boy. I I guess I still consider you young. Uh, You're still fairly young. Uh, I mean, you you are maturing. You have more of a beard than I do, for sure. Um, (laughs) But but yeah. So you were fearless and you were young. Uh, out tramping around in the woods. Oh,
1: man. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool it's a, we, we talked about somehow you you traveled some and you know that had opportunities for missions and things and that like love of catching things I know didn't stop when you were overseas. What were some of your like fun experiences of catching stuff outside of the country?
2: My first out-of-country experience was in Honduras and When I was there, I made mean, it my goal, I wanted to catch a lizard because in Pennsylvania we have one species of lizard and I've never even seen it okay. and oh, really? it's, I don't even think it's in this part, the fence lizard. Oh, There's yeah. skinks I've caught some of those. they're kind of like lizards, but I wanted to catch one. I' I ended up catching several. Cool. I don't know what kinds they were, but the one was pretty big, probably like a foot long and it was I chased it through the woods until it went under the tree like this under the roots of this tree and I got it by the tail and ended up working its way out of the hole and finally got it. And uh, that was pretty cool. And then I also caught a lot of little crabs in the creek that ran by the orphanage we were staying at. Okay, nice. And just all sorts of bugs. And I never even saw any snakes there. Okay. I would have wanted to catch one of those if I saw it. But oh, wow. Even though they have venomous snakes there. Right. <laughs> um, in Israel, I also caught several lizards and a couple chameleons, which was really cool. You could yeah, actually I see them change color. That's cool. And I caught some fish there, too. Wow. Um, wow. I don't know what kinds of fish. One was a tilapia, but the other ones were in the Red Sea, and I don't know what they were. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's <laughs> cool.
0: That is so neat. That's, ah, man. To see, so your focus, I mean, yeah, you, you just naturally focus on wildlife in other, even, you know, across the world and your different travels and things. And um, I just think that's so cool that you have this, it's almost like this passion inside you to just be intrigued by those things, and so uh, having that curiosity and stuff. So um, what, what's one of your favorite animals that you've caught? Uh, not hunted, not in the sense of like, you know, like, I know you go hunting, but I mean just catching. Like, um, do you have a favorite that you like?
2: Um, just trapping cow yeah sure okay <laughs> <laughs> okay when it comes to trapping my goal this year because I kind of going into college commuting I had a little bit more free time than I did in high school because there were no sports and I wanted to get into trapping and so my main goal this last season was to catch a bobcat yeah, and it nice. came down to the last week of the trapping season but I finally caught a big male bobcat like nice. it was 32 pounds yeah. Wow. and which is once you get over 30 pounds, that's considered a big bobcat. And it's just amazing to think out of like all the square miles of forest, you get this bobcat to step in a spot that's like an inch by an inch size, which Mm -hmm. is the pan that trips and catches the bobcat by its foot. And so basically what I did was I found a spot where these animals would naturally pass through between these two boulders. And I actually saw bobcat tracks in the snow going through there and the first day of the season. So I set my trap there, and I actually set a trail camera watching it. And before I caught a bobcat there, I caught two raccoons, two porcupines, and a (laughs) possum. And on the trail camera, I saw a bobcat walk up to it and then go the opposite direction. So I never caught that one. And then finally, like I said, the last week of the season... Uh, it had got a fresh snow overnight, and I was walking to check the trap there, and I saw a set of bobcat tracks going up to the spot where I had the trap at, and I was thinking, oh, boy, I'm going to walk <laughs> around that boulder, and there's going to be a bobcat staring back at me. <laughs> and sure enough, there it was. It wasn't happy. It was hissing and growling, and uh, I don't think I've ever been more excited in my life. Yeah, wow. That's wow. cool. That's amazing. Ever there some <laughs> things that are kind of, like,
1: Maybe you've learned about God's character or something through uh, through just nature,
2: catching things or whatever. Well, God gave us dominion over animals. And so these days you don't have to hunt to survive. But I feel like in order to like eat meat, it almost seems like you should know more about how animals survive out in the wild and stuff. And you know where it comes from. So I have to outsmart an animal to uh, get one uh, when right. I'm hunting or trapping, which God gave them these instincts of survival. Right. And so when they, of course, smell a person, hear a person, or uh, see a person, they're gonna take off in the opposite direction. Yeah. So that's something I learned about Like God, is just the way that he puts these instincts in the animals, yeah. uh, their survival instincts and how Perfect, it all is, and how it all balances together. And obviously, we're in the mixture of the balance because, as a hunter, I feel like I have the responsibility to help these animals keep a balanced ecosystem. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. that's cool. So, your passion for
0: animals in general, or just the outdoors, or different things like that, has translated that into you being in the fisheries, uh, what, what was your major again? I always... Fisheries. Fisheries. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I thought it was fisheries. I just yeah. couldn't remember exactly what. Uh, yeah, and so how, you know, that eventually led you to that and um, is what I'm assuming, I'm guessing. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And uh, so, you know, as as you do that, like, I think that's, I don't know. I think that's a pretty neat link, you know, to be able to link what you want to do into your passion, and yeah. uh, or what your passion is into your
1: yeah. potential
0: a job someday, or research, or whatever. Um, yeah. I think that's pretty, pretty neat. Pretty neat that God has uh,
1: done that in in your life too. I yeah. would say. Yes. Yeah, so- well, just this is just one interesting thing. I didn't know they did that, like how they learn about different fisheries, like different streams and stuff. Talk about like how they do the shock thing, really they call that the
2: Electro shocking shock. or yeah. electrofishing, yeah. So when you study a stream there's several factors you have to take into it, like the water quality, which you can find through tests to find the amounts of dissolved oxygen and iron and all the other basically the things that you find in there sure as well as the animals that live in the creek can be huge indicators to water quality such as like macro invertebrates the stoneflies and mayflies if you find those the water is most likely pretty good but another way is you can find out what kinds of fish live in there in a different body of water lake or stream or river and so what they do which i've watched it happened a couple times you go out and you'll either either wade or you'll be on a boat and you'll put these shockers in the water it shocks the water which doesn't kill the fish it stuns them so they float up and you can collect them with a net okay. and measure the fish identify them and then put them back in and they'll swim off then cool. at that point and you can really get an idea of not only the kinds of fish in there but the age that they're living to the size and you can average all those to figure out the quality of a stream or a river or yeah. lake that you have there, which is pretty neat. And that's something that I want to do as part of my career someday. Something I would really love to be a part of for sure. Yeah. No, that
1: that's fascinating to me. Yeah. yeah.
2: No, and just researching those types of things
0: and actually having estimated numbers of what you would actually have in a ecosystem in that or in that stream or whatever is That's pretty fascinating. (laughs) You have to count them almost
2: like individually. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's really neat. And I hope to gain more experience of that here in the coming years at Mansfield studying fisheries. But unfortunately, my freshman year there, we didn't get a lot of opportunities to... Help out with that especially being cut short mm-hmm. with the coronavirus uh, uh, yeah. and coming back early I, in the spring would have been where most of our opportunities would have come mm-hmm. uh, but I'll have more I have three more years I'll have more options than to go out and help with that yeah. and get more hands-on experience it's how I learned best cool
0: so um, so kind of going back to catching animals have you ever gotten
2: bitten by an animal <laughs> well every time i caught like a water snake when i was younger they're very aggressive oh. so you know i just grab it instead of like trying to get it behind the head and it bites me so that <laughs> yeah, happens a lot i i caught a baby raccoon one time um uh, and it bit me once but it didn't break the skin but by the end of the day it was like attached to me kind of it oh, that's wouldn't leave me alone, then, then I had to let it go but uh, and I got bit by some little lizards that I caught, which didn't hurt, of right. course. it's just yeah. like, I don't know what they were trying to prove, but. Yeah. <laughs> have
0: you ever had to have rabies shots? No, no. actually not. My yeah. brother has. That's pretty impressive, yeah. I have to say, for yeah. somebody who's caught so many animals. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. So you you've caught a lot of snakes. Um, a lot of people are terrified of snakes. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of snakes, I have to admit. Yeah. I, if I see them first, I'm usually okay. Yeah. If they surprise me, that's when it's like, yeah. you know, it startles me a little more. Right. I almost have a heart attack sometimes. But uh, <laughs> but um have you ever hunted snakes or anything as far as like actual like legal, can you can you hunt snakes now
2: or is that You see there's seasons for venomous snakes in okay. Pennsylvania, uh rattlesnakes, timber rattlesnakes specifically and the northern copperhead. Yeah. There's another kind of rattlesnake in Pennsylvania that's uh, endangered. It's only found in like just a couple of little uh, portions of the state, and most people will never see one. I've never seen one because I've never been to that spot. Okay. But timber rattlesnakes and northern copperheads are the kinds you can get
0: okay.
2: uh, with your permit you get every year, which you can get from the Fish and Boat Commission. And so I've gotten those several times, and the permit. You need a permit to actually even look for the snakes. You can't just oh, go out wow. in the woods and look for them legally. Wow. I mean, you know, if you happen to stumble upon one, you're not breaking the law. Right. But right. I've gotten these permits and go out and find them. With most of the time, the goal is just to catch them, take some pictures, and release them. But one okay. time, I decided to actually keep one. Which you have to get get one that's the right size, so okay. they can be fairly certain that the snake you caught is a male okay. rattlesnake. Okay. Uh, as to not hurt the population sure, okay. and so I got one one time. it was pretty big, about four foot long, yeah. oh, wow. and we ate it uh, okay, it nice yeah. tasted just like chicken, so <laughs> that was pretty cool, but I've caught a lot of rattlesnakes. I caught several this year too, yeah, and it's I don't know how many I've caught this year, but just Tuesday, I caught several like oh, seven wow. or eight of them they were yeah. pretty big oh wow and wow. Yeah. Speaking of being scared of them, my grandma uh, is terrified of even the word. Yeah, so, my grandma too, same thing. So she, she'll she probably be listening to this, so I'm sorry that I catch snakes. Um, <laughs> um,
1: my, my grandma always had that... Even gardener snakes, anything, she would have a dollar a head bounty on them. If you caught one, know. and she would give you a dollar a head for every snake you killed on their property. Well, see, my grandma
2: did the same thing because she lives on a lake and she said, I'll give you a dollar for every water snake that you kill. And after like two snakes, she stopped paying up, and so I'd stop killing them. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't worth it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it was still fun. Uh, like how do I know that you actually killed it? What do you want me to do? Show you? Like, um, <laughs> she wouldn't want that. Oh my!
0: Wow. So you've eaten snake. Has there been any other animals you eaten that people seem to not normally eat?
2: Uh, snapping turtles. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Wow. Woodchuck. Oh. Raccoon, gray fox, red fox, and bobcat. Okay. Oh, See, really. <laughs> when I kill an animal I don't like to waste it (laughs) and so when I was trapping this year I decided I wanted to try a bunch of the animals that I caught Um, so I ate some bobcat a gray fox red fox beaver and raccoon those are pretty wild yeah and then the snapping turtles is just something I've always been into catching, too. Um, and then when I catch those, I usually make, like, turtle soup. The yeah, okay. time I made turtle bologna, which is mm-hmm. always really good, too. Mm, wow. Cool. So, so what,
0: like, what's, what was the most gamey or the most hard-to-eat? I don't know. I shouldn't say yeah. gamey's hard. Some people really like it, but yeah. some people don't. I was just... Wondering what your opinion was as far as what your favorite was or what
2: your least favorite was. (laughs) Well, growing up eating so much wild game, I don't don't really get the term gamey. Like, I I really don't understand what they mean when people (laughs) say that. But I would say the the one I liked the least, I think, was the uh, Red Fox. Beaver's Mm -hmm. actually really, really good. Oh, yeah. And... uh, the, I think it was the Red Fox was the one that I didn't really like as much. It was still good, mm-hmm. but it was just kind of tough. But yeah. Man. Bobcat, I made a Bobcat pot pie, which was excellent. <laughs> oh, yeah. <That> sounds good. <laughs> the, the meat itself was, you know, just kind of uh, mediocre, but in yeah. the pot pie itself was just like the whole thing. Yeah. Was combined. it kind of greasy or no? not really? Um, some of the people that tried it that I gave it to said the Bobcat part tasted uh gamey which i didn't think it tasted gamey i just didn't think it had much flavor mm-hmm. overall. No, not I don't right know. Yeah, but it was i mean I, I still wanted to try it i didn't want to waste the meat and yeah. so i figured that'd be a good option that you know even if somebody didn't really like meat itself they could try just they could say they've eaten bobcat right, right. they could try the pot pie I don't yeah. know. Yeah. that's cool so do you have any um, other
0: favorite stories? I know you, you shared on the one podcast about um, uh, the squirrel that was in the, in the church. Uh, <laughs> do you have any other uh, adventurous stories of catching animals that, uh, like that?
2: <laughs> oh, I guess the thing that came to mind was this one time at a cross-country meet, I was it was after the race and i was kind of waiting around i was in junior high so the varsity runners were and during their race i i was just kind of waiting for it to be over and i saw by we were at a state park by the outhouse building there was a chipmunk running around and i decided i was going to catch it so my friends and i went and kind of got it cornered and then i grabbed it and i was running around like showing people <laughs> on the team and um then our coach came over and just uh, through a fit and <laughs> told me I had to let it go because there's <laughs> park rangers roaming around I could get in trouble I don't know <laughs> and so I let it go <laughs> that's great. so you recruited some help and got it
0: cornered yeah. yeah that's, that's, that's exciting <laughs> so hunting um, you've talked about hunt, trapping and, and that kind of thing you grew up hunting as well yeah. Um i'm have you what's your style do you do do you go out bow hunting at all do you uh or archery
2: i should say uh do you do rifle hunting all of the above i've always been the kind of person that wanted to try everything yeah and so as soon as we got a crossbow for the first time, I decided to go archery hunting, and finally uh like or five years ago I decided to buy a compound bow too okay and which I like hunting with that a lot it just seems more just more challenging more fun yeah and so i I do that and then you know archery season comes before rifle season for right, deer yeah. anyway so I of course if I don't get fill my tags in archery season which i never have i always resort to rifle hunting i definitely like archery season more because the weather's nicer yeah. the deer are moving more it seems and it's, uh, you have to get closer it's always really neat being up close to a wild animal for sure mm-hmm, yeah um bear hunting i like that i like turkey um, hunting um Turkey seemed to have eluded me more than
1: any other animal I've <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> ever hunted. That's Besides
2: bears, I've never killed I'll one of those. Have to talk to you after this about <laughs> turkey. <laughs> but yeah, okay. And just anything I'm willing to try. Anything I've always liked uh, small game hunting: pheasants yeah. with the dog, and mm. uh, rabbits and squirrels. I grew up on squirrel hunting yeah. every yeah. day after school.
1: Yeah, nice. That's nice. cool.
2: So you've, you, you do
0: all of those, plus you enjoy fishing yeah. and uh, fly fishing, regular, whatever, casting, spin fishing, whatever yeah. you call yeah. it. Yeah. And what about uh, even, uh, what do they call that, noodling or whatever, where you catch
2: uh, yeah. <laughs> <touch> by hand. <laughs> Have you ever done that? <laughs> well, not for catfish, yeah. uh, but I've caught trout with my hands a couple times, <laughs> yes. just yeah. in a small stream. I get yeah. one cornered in a rock and then right. I grab it. Yeah. But Mostly, I catch my fish with a like a fishing rod, a fly rod, whatever. Uh, but fly rod is definitely more fun. Yeah. I've been okay. getting into that more in the last couple of years. Nice. Yeah. nice. So. Yeah, actually, we were
0: talking just a little bit before the podcast, and I uh, was saying yeah. I always thought it'd be fun to learn how to fly fish, and yeah, uh, I might
1: see what I can do in yeah. the future here. But, yeah. So. Like I never, uh, never really grew up fishing at all. We didn't really like fish growing up uh, to eat them or anything. We were kind of like you. We don't like the waste stuff. And uh, but then just talking to to you and your family got me uh, super excited about it. Now I'm probably pretty much addicted to it. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's like your uh, favorite hobby right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. I really enjoy it. And uh, yeah, it's just cool to see, especially with trout. They're just so pretty. Sometimes like mm. it's just like. I'm in awe sometimes when I catch them, just how pretty they are. It's like, um, my wife picks on me because sometimes I say I'll go to catch some to bring some home for the kids to eat because they love to eat trout. And then uh, sometimes she asks if I caught some because I didn't come back with any. And I said, yeah, but they were just too pretty. I couldn't keep them.
2: (laughs) (laughs) See, I I, I feel the same way. Uh, Trout fishing, I love just catching trout. I love catching trout hundred times more than I like eating trout. I yeah. do like to eat trout but I've more and more in the last couple of years been a lot less about keeping them and yeah. more just about catching them yeah. and so 95% of the trout I catch I let go because either I don't really feel like cleaning a trout or <laughs> eating it or I just don't feel like stopping fishing. You can keep right. five a day right. but when I keep five then i can't fish after that so i just end up fishing <laughs> and catching 30 trout and then by the time i think oh maybe i should keep some the fish stop buddy so, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. but it doesn't really hurt my feelings either way because i'm not like depending on catching trout to eat right yeah uh, but nice. the so trout fishing to me is less about getting food more about just the um uh, i guess it's also about outsmarting animals just like hunting but in a way that I can actually release the animal afterwards. Um, yeah. Hunting is more of a way that I help feed the family. Yeah. Um, I uh, the, I'm. I guess I. they rely on me getting a couple of deer every year so we can that can be our source of meat for the year. Yeah That's nice.
0: Cool. So do you have any uh have you ever caught skunks? Have you ever?
2: actually not with my hands but i i remember probably 10 years ago 10 or 12 years ago i we had some nuisance woodchucks in our backyard and i borrowed a couple box chaps from my uh, family friend and i caught eight woodchucks oh, wow. and i let them all go but I ended up, he said, ended up saying basically I could keep him as long as I needed him and he'd let me know if he needed him back. So I ended my grandma had a skunk on her porch that she'd saw up there. So I brought the trap up there and thinking, you know, how hard can it be to catch a skunk? And so I brought it up there, put cat food and marshmallows in the trap and right on her porch that first night I caught a skunk. (laughs) And I was like, okay, we'll keep it up here, see what else we can catch. And just in the course of like two or three weeks, I caught eight skunks (laughs) and a big raccoon and a big possum. And uh, the one morning there was actually two skunks in one trap. (laughs) So I found that skunks are really easy to catch. (laughs) And, you know, maybe I can make a few bucks off of this. So (laughs) word got around that I can catch skunks and ended up getting several people saying, uh, you know sending me a message or talking to me hey can you catch this skunk from my house and so yeah sure I'll I'll bring the traps over so I'd bring it over and I'd catch the skunks for them they'd pay me like five or ten bucks a skunk and then <laughs> yeah. I'd be on my way <laughs> yeah, so it, it turns out that most of the time when people have a skunk it's actually like five skunks <laughs> oh, yeah. I have. so <laughs> I, I catch them as many as I can anyway and after a couple of days of not catching anything I just take the traps and um, then, you know, after a couple of years, they might call me back. And <laughs> But it's, I've caught skunks, never been sprayed cool. by them because I know the, I guess, secret of getting them out of the trap without getting sprayed. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> yeah, most of the time I release the skunks after I catch them on, like, the state forest ground. Yeah. Nice. Cool. That's great. I So I'm curious, too,
0: like, you've observed animals like you watch them, is there anything cool that you're just like fascinated by? That you're just like, there's so many different things that we don't always know unless we just sit down and we actually watch wildlife, watch a frog and how it reacts or, you know, you watch. So for instance, my uh, son, he'll catch toads and and frogs, but more toads, Uh, he Mm. likes toads better, and so and then we'll catch you know crickets and we'll stick them in the cage there and we'll watch them eat them and stuff and that's really neat to watch Uh, are there any animal behaviors that you've watched over time that you're just like fascinated by I guess
2: it always just amazes me to see like deer and just how they behave when they don't know you're there Mm -hmm. Um, especially during the rut like the mating season the bucks they just act funky they like you know you'll see them fighting uh two bucks to uh locking antlers i've never seen them go full at it before but i've seen them just locking antlers almost play fighting in a way and uh it's just amazing to think you know just how their hormones and the uh just desire to breed makes them act like that and you can There's so many different ways, different tactics people use in that season, in archery season, to get them to come to them, whether it be rattling antlers. They take a set of antlers and they'll uh, just kind of bang them together to make the sound of, like, fighting bucks, which a lot of times will attract another buck to come in to them. They also use, like, a grunt call uh, to them or, like, a uh, bleat of different sounds that deer make. Or even scents like the doe, uh, the the smell of the the doe estrus. They can use that, or like just the urine, and put that out. And a lot of times, that if the deer smells that, they'll come in yeah. within range, and then you can hopefully get a shot at it. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so it's it's cool knowing like you can just deceive deer in that way, but you know. It, as easy as it sounds, it still never works the way you want it to. Yeah. Right. Uh, and turkeys, like right now it's turkey season, and I've been outsmarted every day I've gone out. and But, you know, the way it's supposed to work is you call to them, uh, make the sound of a hen, and the gobblers will come in hoping to breed that hen, and then you shoot it, but <laughs> it just never works like that for me. And so... I'm still working on that one I guess. (laughs) I definitely have more success when it comes to trout fishing than any kind of hunting but yeah I guess.
0: Nice. Now you said you have done some like pheasant hunting and uh, stuff like that. Um, I am very unfamiliar with that kind of thing. Have you ever done like duck hunting and stuff like that too or is that kind of?
2: I've shot a couple ducks when I wasn't duck hunting it just happened to be some out in the pond when i was out small game hunting and i brought the steel loads which you're supposed to use for duck you can't use the regular lead shotgun shells so the two times i've shot ducks was when they were out in the pond and i wasn't hunting ducks now the two times i went two or three times i went duck hunting specifically i didn't get anything but pheasant hunting is a lot more fun i that's Yeah, it has to be my favorite kind of hunting i've done Um, just because of the fact that you don't have to be quiet you don't have to be careful uh to not spook the pheasant because basically the the pheasant's going to run away anyway the dog will smell the pheasant and track it and eventually catch up to the pheasant and make it fly and then when it flies of course then you uh got to try to take a shot yeah Yeah. take a shot at it which that's cool uh, it's not easy to hit a flying pheasant too so (laughs) Uh, sometimes you'll be standing there with an empty shotgun wondering, how did I miss that thing? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it is funny. Uh, just watching the bird come up and it looks like it's going to be perfect. You know, you go up, you uh, pull the trigger and that thing just keeps flying and you're like, how did I miss? Right. And then other times you're like, how did I hit that thing? Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just so uh, you get like an adrenaline rush. Every time you hear like a rooster, pheasant cackle as it flies up and then you're like, oh man like trying to get it and that's cool and it it is neat seeing the dog work you know uh as she Mm -hmm. works back and forth trying to get the smell of the pheasant and what she does then you know you can see her stub start wagging (laughs) and um, (laughs) then she follows uh, the scent and then eventually you know catches up to it and she does a good job with it yeah so I was curious about that I'm sure your relationship then with your dog
0: would be growing as you're training it and as you're different things like that and as you're hunting with it is there a do you feel that connection when you're i mean i'm sure you feel a little bit when you're hunting
2: oh yeah for sure i mean you learn to read the dog like what what the dog's doing the behavior of the dog will tell you exactly a lot of times exactly what she smells Mm -hmm. or what uh is going on you know and even like you see the hair stand up on her the, on her back and you know she must have just smelled a deer like she yeah. always that always happens when she smells a deer huh. the hair on her back will go up okay. or if she's like uh running around in circles on us and usually that's a rabbit okay. and um, <laughs> and usually the rabbit's down a hole before we even get a chance to see it yeah um but then when she's on the trail of a pheasant you just kind of know i guess i don't know it's and you can even tell if it's on the trail of a rooster pheasant or a hen pheasant, the male huh. and female, because the roosters tend to run while the hens seem to uh, hunker down more. And I think that has to do with the, the way they're colored. The roosters okay. are more brightly colored, right. so they have a harder time actually hiding. Sure. Now, of course, the, their feathers still kind of blend in, so they could hide but they still tend to run more while the hens, they're like brown, like the grass. And so they kind of just hunker down in the field. And that's why the dog always has a hard time finding them because they they don't leave much scent when they don't move much. Uh So when the dog isn't like on a dead run or sprint after the scent of a bird, we usually know it's probably a a hen, but when she is running, it's probably a rooster in that Mm -hmm. case.
1: Yeah, cool. That's
2: cool. It's really neat. You know, you just get in that relationship where you build it up and know how the dog reacts and you know yeah. what's happening, I guess, when yeah. you can't smell it physically, what's going on, but she knows. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Wow. Any other bragging stories? You know, I don't, I don't want to brag, but I'm <laughs> just thinking about my friend Theron yeah. that just completed his triple crown for the year, which is yeah. getting a buck bear and uh spring gobbler all in one season yeah. but as impressive as that would be this is the most impressive triple crown i've ever heard of <laughs> i actually got to be with him when he shot his bears an archery yeah, season it's... uh got a call from jay good the the farmer uh, i the remember area. that yeah. and, <laughs> and uh he says he said to me uh that there was, he saw a bear go from one cornfield to another when he was chopping the one field. And so he knew that the bear was still in that field. It was archery season for bears. So I got my dad, my friend Theron, and his brother Silas, and we all got our archery equipment. and just kind of spread out and walked through the field, downwind of the bear, so it couldn't smell us. And it, because it was so windy, it couldn't hear us walking through cool. and just kind of weaving back and forth and hoping one of us would see the bear. And if we did, we'd shoot it. And it could not have worked out better because Theron just walked in there and like three minutes after we went into the field, we heard him yell, I just shot this thing. <laughs> and so we all run over there. He finds the air, we find blood and five minutes later we find a dead bear with a hole through its heart <laughs> and, and it was 450 pounds wow. that's a huge bear that's most bear most right people there. that shoot yeah. a bear will never shoot one that's that big yeah and then they're well fed around our house <laughs> yeah right, uh, the and it did a lot of damage to all the cornfields sure, around there so yeah. it's definitely doing the farmers in the area a favor yeah and yeah. then uh later in the season i can't remember if it was before or after he shot the bear he was out archery hunting for this this buck that he'd been getting on camera it was a 14 point buck yeah. and it is just as impressive <laughs> as a buck as you will ever see yeah, and, awesome. and uh sure enough he was in the right place at the right time and the buck walked by and he shot it cool. and then um it was late at night so we decided to let it sit overnight because it was cool and just give them more time for the deer to uh, expire. And the next morning went out and found it, 14 points.
1: Yeah, wow, and then
2: awesome. just a couple days ago, um, he was out turkey hunting and shot not just a gobbler, but a double-bearded oh, gobbler. Wow. Which <laughs> I've never, I don't even think I've ever seen a double-bearded gobbler. Yeah. It's like super rare. Yeah. And most of them just have one beard. And uh, very old, it's like 23 pounds, I think. Wow. And so... Uh, that it doesn't get any better than that when it comes to getting (laughs) a triple crown like most people won't shoot a 450 pound bear a 14 point buck or a double bearded turkey in their lifetime and you shot them (laughs) all in one season which is pretty amazing and i was (laughs) definitely happy to be a part of it so i'm not going to brag for myself i'm (laughs) bragging for him that was that was was pretty cool that's pretty that's amazing amazing.
0: yeah you know it's funny going back to the bear because that's close to my house where i live and uh we were having bear issues at my house, yeah. for sure, and so, yeah, we were really thankful that uh, he was able to get that one, and actually, later in the year, during rifle season, uh, they were able to get another bear yeah. that was even bigger than that, yeah. in this same general area, yeah. which is just unheard of, because they were both, I believe, male bears. The other one, the, male
2: bears. the Jay's group was like 530 pounds, I yeah. think. and yeah. then, uh, and also, I brought up some college buddies and we killed a bear in rifle season two that was uh three hundred and fifty pounds just down or the road two within a mile of that yeah, one so yeah.
0: there was definitely i feel like too many bear in that area yeah. <laughs> and so I was really happy that uh, uh the hunters were able to get them and and uh' cause, you know it's it's i mean I'm not that worried like my I have you know our boys out but when when uh when it's when you're hemmed in with cornfields mm-hmm. in the middle, you know, the, our house is kind of hemmed in with cornfields. And yeah. and you never know. There could be a bear a couple couple rows in, right. and, you know, kids are out playing and stuff, which, again, I, I wasn't too scared, but there was definitely some times where uh, we saw damage and things, and we were trying to figure out, uh, it would be nice to get rid of these bears. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs>
2: For sure. So, yeah. I guess they knew who to call. Uh, yeah, bear uh, busters or something. Yeah, we, we Our little uh, group there. I feel like it was a pretty successful year. Yeah. Uh, with only like four or five people in our groups. Yeah. Um, and getting a few bears. So That's, that's cool. That's nice. So are
0: there any other uh, outdoor type things that interest you or that maybe you haven't explored yet that you'd like to or uh, just you're fascinated with or you think would be interesting? Uh, as you continue on your outdoor adventures?
2: Well, I've always wanted to do an elk hunt for sure yeah. uh, out west or even in Pennsylvania. they There's a small population uh, that they do a drawing for every year and right. so I enter into that every year and I haven't drawn one yet, but maybe some year if I can save enough money I'll go out west yeah. and uh, try you... to get one or maybe if I live in Montana long enough uh six months is how long it takes to become a resident so okay. if I end up staying for that long somewhere I could buy a hunting license and go after him yeah uh, but um that and I always wanted to go to Alaska to uh, fish yeah. and you know maybe hot too more the salmon fishing is what attracts me up there mm-hmm. I like going up to New York to salmon fish for the lake the great lake running salmon yeah. which are big my biggest was 23 pounds wow, wow. but uh, up there they get even bigger they go massive really? so <laughs> pink salmon yeah they...
0: so you have you've gone salmon fishing and how what's that like I mean I've I've never
1: yeah
2: it can either be good or just boring because <laughs> right. You go up on a bad day and you might not even get a bite all day. But the one time I went up there and it was only a couple hours in and I had already gotten my limit of three salmon for the day. Wow. And that was the day I caught the 23-pounder also. Yeah. But when you hook into one of those things, you know it and it's like you can't even move them almost. Like you have to wait for that fish to be tired before you can get it in.
1: Wow.
2: And so I've caught them. A couple of times on a fly rod too with like a really heavy <laughs> yeah. duty fly rod and yeah. your arm is burning once you get done because <laughs> like you have to use your forearm strength to hold it up hold the rod up because if the rod gets pointed down towards the fish it will a lot of times come off then okay. so you have to keep the rod tip up Great. and uh, it's definitely a fight the uh, last fall my dad and i went up salmon fishing and we only caught one that day and i hooked it and it was like a 15 minute fight and usually there's a lot of people fishing there it's kind of like almost shoulder to shoulder so as the fish runs upstream you kind of have to duck under other people's lines or go over them or whatever and and, uh as this fish is just tearing through the stream going wherever it wants and then as i got it down uh it was almost in the net and then it decided to run (laughs) downstream and so we were chasing chasing it downstream and uh my dad had the net of course and he fell in the creek a couple times <laughs> trying to chase this thing probably a good thing i didn't fall because i probably would have lost the fish okay. but then finally we got the thing in the net it's 19 pounds yeah. uh and wow oh my gosh it's so exciting once you hook into one of those things because it's like am i gonna land this thing i've definitely lost a lot more salmon than i've caught like probably 10 times more salmon than i've caught i've hooked and they just come off the hook, bend the hook in half, uh, oh. <laughs> break the line. And, and so, Wow. it's wow. unlike anything else. Yeah, that's, that's exciting. Cool. <laughs> that's cool. Wow.
0: Wow. So, for the future, you're still looking at, uh, well, of course, you're in college. And then um, you're going to Montana, pot- potentially. If, uh, if it all works out. If it all works summer. out. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, yeah. What do you, I mean, I'm assuming you're planning on continuing your hunting and your, your, just your adventures that way, your fishing and as, as time goes on, um, what do you, I mean, is there anything in particular you're looking forward to as in the future as far
2: as your work and as far as, or just, yeah, hunting and fishing and that kind of thing? <laughs> uh, right now I'm working at IHS pizza shop in <laughs> town, and, um, so I, I love it there and nice. i definitely am not looking forward to leaving that place for montana for the summer but uh if i get to go out anyway but i, I think i'm going to come back to ihs when i get back which i'm fairly certain i will as long as they let me have my job back <laughs> <again>. <laughs> um, and work for, there for the school year again and hopefully i'll work there every school year yeah. Uh, because i commute it makes it easier that like i can go most nights after college yeah. and um, as far as hunting goes this year just monday night i was spotlighting over at her cabin and i saw a white deer and so <laughs> now i have uh, i'm gonna try to pursue that deer i've never seen a white deer before and now that i have i want to try to get that one yeah. this year um so i'm gonna really try to put in a lot of work to Uh, figure out where that deer likes to go during the day and um, hopefully figure him out enough to uh, get a shot at at, uh, her I guess during the season yeah cool which will be neat for sure yeah but otherwise I'm not going to be that disappointed because the odds of seeing a white deer are probably like one in a million or something like that so uh, um for that school Um definitely looking forward to doing some fishing out west if I get yeah. to go out there and um, maybe get a bear this year my goals for trapping this year because last year I got my bobcat like I wanted to this year I want to try to catch a coyote and a fisher yeah oh go. wow fisher yeah
1: yeah
0: so what a fishers I mean I don't know if I've ever seen a fisher are they like kind of like a weasel is that what?
2: They're in the weasel family. They're big, like kind of like the size of a raccoon, I guess I would compare them to. They're long, though, longer than a raccoon. Uh, they're brown, dark brown, almost black, especially on the tails, almost black. And they have almost like a fox like face kind of to them. I've seen one in my life, but hmm. um, I know some areas that have them. And so. Okay. Um, I have a chance at least of catching them. At least I'm not trapping in an area that doesn't have them. (laughs) And uh, so it might be like finding a needle in a haystack, but they cover a lot of miles, which could be helpful if I get a trap in a spot where I know one might come through every uh, few days, then I could potentially catch one there. Um, But yeah, very neat animal for sure, really pretty. Yeah. Coyotes are also very elusive like bobcats um i think they are even harder to catch than the bobcat from what i've heard and so we'll see what we can do i guess yeah cool
0: nice so we've talked a lot about different uh things you've hunted different things you have caught we've talked a little bit about just um yeah your fishing expeditions your future um i don't know i for me i often find Um, just the outdoors the you know animals animal behavior you know uh, just looking noticing all of those things uh, just to be so it just opens up your world you know if you can if you can spend time outside and just uh, observe have the eyes to see I guess is kind of what I'm saying you know, and there's. Uh, I've heard a lot of hunters talk about you know. So I, I I have to admit I don't hunt very much. I like hunting. I just don't. I, I didn't grow up with it as much. Um, I've hunted plenty of groundhogs before or whatever. Um, and, but yeah, just trying to. Um, just I yeah I think that uh, just being outside in nature is. Uh, such a beautiful thing and and like I like I said I heard I've heard from so many hunters that uh, you know you go out in your tree stand before dawn and you're sitting there and there's birds and chirping away and it's just amazing to see the Sun come up and and uh, just to be in that environment uh, as the forest or the woods wakes up and uh, things like that do you ever find yourself and just does being outside give you a sense of sanity in in this world at times
2: (laughs) oh yeah for sure i mean i've always thought and i mean we could probably even just summarize this whole talk here as this me being outside is where i feel closest to god Mm -hmm. for sure and so me being out there and just noticing god's creation all around us not just like the living part of it but also you know the mountains the rocks the Mm -hmm. Um, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, the plants are a beautiful too, the birds, the things that I'm not hunting, uh, really get my attention because more often than not, I'm looking at something I'm not hunting that I am. <laughs> <Right>. uh, so <laughs> yes. I have to find something to do while I'm waiting for the animal I am hunting to come along. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I'm out there, I'm noticing, I'm looking around at God's beauty, yeah. uh, that he's created here, uh, especially in the fall being one of the main things, the, changing leaf colors um the like keegan said earlier the color of a trout that i catch you know sometimes like oh man i gotta take a picture of this trout most of the time i'm just like oh a trout it's pretty i'll throw it back but sometimes one just catches my eye it's just like wow like Mm -hmm. god made this and he made it perfect and (laughs) the color pattern on everything you know that's god's idea there it's god's blueprint for that species of animal and so you know, if, you don't, if you're if you out in the woods and you don't take a moment to stop and admire that, it almost seems like it's a waste of time, like, mm-hmm. uh, being out there because, you know, if the one goal in mind of being out in the woods is to kill an animal, then uh, it just it seems pointless. You don't always accomplish that goal either. <laughs> no, <so. laughs> I mean, yeah, nine times out of ten, you're not going to get something to go out. And the reason I'm giving myself that uh, odds is because... Um, like most of the time when i go out pheasant hunting i do get a pheasant but 95 percent of the time when i'm deer hunting i don't get something so um (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's uh there's definitely some that are more successful than others more some that are more fun than others when it comes to getting some action but yeah Yeah. there's uh, the my goal in mind when i'm out hunting is you know of course, to get an animal, but if I don't, it wasn't a waste of time because I got to spend some time with mm-hmm. God yeah. and grow closer with Him, build my relationship. I, I think that's cool
0: yeah. that uh, you said something about like like if you're in a tree stand or you're waiting, uh, you know, you're you're there, you're you're there to hunt, but like if if that's all you're there for, then um, it's kind of like a waste of time. It seems like and and so you learn to appreciate. The natural beauty that's around you, mm-hmm. I think about that in terms of, and this is just me being the, the pastor or theologian. I don't know what I am. Uh, I think about that in terms of the kingdom. You know, we're we're waiting for the kingdom to come. We're waiting for the completion of that work that God is doing, mm-hmm. um, and and that He can only do in its completeness. But in the meantime, we are noticing what's in front of us we're noticing what uh the beauty that's around us that god has you know the 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 things that he's given us to do um for his kingdom right now and so uh you know yeah we're waiting for that final hunt i guess you could say (laughs) that final uh shot or whatever but um but at the same time we notice we we take notice of what environment we're in we take notice we look around and we um, it, we can just appreciate so much what God has done mm-hmm. uh, in the meantime. So, yeah, that's cool. Kind of that hope that, that yeah. Keegan and I have talked about that before the yeah. hope and tension and all of those types of things, the waiting, mm-hmm. uh, the waiting for that time to come. Yeah. Where well, you take that shot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. that's
2: cool. Anything else?
0: Any other stories that you'd like to share uh, about uh, outdoors?
2: Um, well, I guess what came to mind was just, uh, how I also enjoy sharing the outdoors with others. Yeah. And so this is last weekend. I had a couple of buddies come up to the cabin with me and they were both interested in learning how to fly fish. And so I was like, okay, well, we'll go out and catch uh fish with a fly rod there. Cause the, where our cabin is the creek that runs through there is like really good for when it comes to fly fishing like almost every evening there's some kind of hatch going on with mm-hmm. the macro invertebrates and turning into the flies where the trout are feeding on top of the water and so i went out there i just looked at what was coming off the water as far as the bugs were concerned. to pick a fly that kind of looked like that yeah. and it's like okay so uh this is i guess how we do this and i just kind of showed them the ropes a little bit and showed them how to cast and what to do with fish bites and um, how to what to do with the line while mm-hmm. uh, while it's drifting down the stream. Kind of, there's a lot to it that you kind of have to be there and actually do it to learn it. But yeah. in the end, they ended up catching some fish and they all cool. each ended up buying their own fly rod because they loved it so much. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, and it was just uh, an amazing couple of days there. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, and really got to appreciate the beauty of the what the Lord has done, yeah. and in an area of the state that's not as much settled as here, you can just see how untainted a lot of it is yeah. from human development for sure yeah, yeah and that and so just sharing the outdoors with others can be just something nice. definitely it's more fun than doing it yourself, yeah. <laughs> it's like so you get to see like I know with my kids you get to see them experiencing
1: some of your favorite things for the first time and it's like almost living it again and yeah it's cool yeah for sure yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah so sharing those experiences with others is so important and mm-hmm. so um, yeah it brings a different sense of uh, fulfillment in your life and uh, that's really cool that you can uh, do that so you don't have to be in the
1: woods alone right (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of like how I think about like evangelism a lot too is like just knowing what you've experienced and how amazing that is and wanting to wanting that for other people like that's just I feel like that's the most authentic form of sharing Jesus with other people it's just like I know the difference he's made in my life I know the wreck I was before and like just wanting that for others yeah Yeah, it's cool
2: well just a couple of years ago i took your nephew connor our oh, yeah. uh, deer hunting um and i wanted to get him his first deer because he's never got to go before and after uh, you know several weeks of trying i finally was able to like uh, we we found a deer like a uh it was muzzleloader season and uh we found a doe and i was like okay Connor, now's your chance and um he took he shot it and he got his first deer that was our senior year of high school we were in the same grade best friends growing up and I got to see him kill his first deer and <laughs> um, and it was just amazing uh, seeing that because I remember my first year it was with my grandpa and um, sitting out in the woods all day it was buck season and I was too young to kill a doe anyway but waiting all day seeing like 30 doe walk by and none of them with antlers and finally the end of the day uh three point walks out and, <laughs> <laughs> and i shoot that and i was uh you know of course thrilled and i get to see that with connor and then uh just this past hunting season i was with him and he got another deer second deer with us and um yeah just so much fun that you can't beat it yeah. nice i think uh many
0: of us appreciate the outdoors many of us appreciate hunting and uh catching things and uh, whether it's with our children or just bird watching I know you said we talked a little bit beforehand you don't really do too much bird watching but uh,
1: you've done some bird catching you've caught some geese
0: (laughs) (laughs) and you've hunted some turkey uh haven't gotten yours this year yet but uh you'll have to keep working on that I guess Mm -hmm. um so yeah you know just I want to encourage people to you know be able to get out and Mm -hmm. um, when they can this year and uh, whether you're into just hiking and just enjoying beauty or uh, if you're into hunting or um, whatever it is you know just observing things it's amazing when you start watching the bugs yeah uh, and just it's yeah when you take time and notice um, encourage that and do it with others with others. All right, I'll I'll, I'll finish up with uh, just a short prayer. This is actually a prayer out of the Book of Common Prayer, which is an Anglican deal. This is an old book. This is the old version. I'll try to make it so it's more newer. (laughs) So I'm reading this. This is uh, for joy in God's creation. So let's start with this. Oh, Heavenly Father, you have filled the world with beauty. Open, we ask you, our eyes to behold your glory, your gracious hand in all your works, that rejoicing in your whole creation we may learn to serve you with gladness for the sake of him by whom all things were made, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. All right, with that, uh,
1: signing off, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.